podcast. Congratulations cast. on the engagement. I saw that. Thank you. That's yes, uh, how long ago. That. It's pretty pretty fresh, right? Yeah. So well, so she actually asked me in November, and she asked me privately, like just one on one. Yeah. And she knew that I wanted to have like the big moment, you know, because that was something I had always like dreamed of, of like asking a girl to marry me. You know, that's like a really big deal, especially you know being gay. It's like a whole other thing. Like it's a it's a I feel like it's a more special thing because of all the trials and tribulations that we had to go through just to be who we are. Um, and so I had always dreamt of like having that big moment. And so, uh, we, we had planned this trip for my birthday, which was also our anniversary because I, I'm really bad at like remembering things. And I, <laughs> I asked her to be my, my girlfriend on my birthday and I was like, this way we won't forget it ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, we had scheduled this trip and, She's a bartender, so her schedule like changes every week. So it's like kind of difficult for her to get like days off. And she's like a the MOD manager on duty, like that kind of stuff. Okay. So she's pretty high up, you know, in the company and um they're giving her more responsibility. So it's even harder for her to get days off. And so like a week before we were supposed to leave, she got her schedule and she was like scheduled two of the days we were supposed to be gone. And so we were like freaking out and we were like, we were, we were like, Oh my God, no, we have to go on this trip. And I was even more freaking out. Cause I was like, I'm going to ask her to marry me. Like we have to go on this trip, you know? Yeah. So it ended up working out. She got covered, which is awesome. Like super grateful to the people at her work for doing that. <laughs> and, uh, I had like wrangled her friends into the whole thing. Cause she initially wanted her friends to be there. That was like her thing. She was like, mm, my friends okay. have to be there, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was like, well, I want to kind of be private and have like a moment with her. So I ended up FaceTiming her friends and I was like, hey, we should like show them this beautiful waterfall we're at. And she <laughs> was kind of confused. She was like, why? Like, And I was like, oh, you know, they probably want to see it. So I like set my phone down with them on FaceTime and then I popped the question and she was That's like, so cool. oh, my God, like this is happening. And it was it was amazing. You know, it was absolutely incredible. And then we spent. Uh, two days up in Monroe, Washington, going to okay, like a so bunch that's... of antique shops, and okay. we uh we got some tattoos up there. Like I love getting tattoos when I travel, and so we got some some tattoos while we were up there, and did some antiquing, and then spent the last day in Seattle, which is one of my favorite cities. So it was a great trip, you know, and just a, an awesome memory we'll have like forever. Yeah. Oh well, I would imagine. Yeah, because I'm looking at the video you have posted on your Instagram, and I see the waterfall and stuff like that. So that you said that's in Wyoming. No, it's in Monroe, Monroe, Washington. Oh, so it's oh, like Monroe. So why did I say? Ugh, I don't know. Okay. I mean, well, Wyoming's great too. What a beautiful place. <laughs> I don't know where I got. Did you even say Wyoming at all? Uh, -uh no, did, I said Monroe. I, why did I think? Why? I don't know. My mind is. I don't know. I had coffee too. It was a large cold brew. So. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm so you're like amped. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So let's see here. Yeah, that waterfall is insane. Please tell me you brought your camera and took some photos of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, sure. I'm gonna print out. I'm gonna print out like a twenty by thirty of the waterfall, and we'll we'll put that up in our house. And oh, there you know, you it's like speaking of like you know photography and prints and stuff like that. Like first of all, I think that more photographers should print out their work because I feel like we've lost that aspect of photography, like actually having tangible prints. Of course. Um, yeah. And uh, so we're actually decorating our house or our. We have a townhouse, so. I got like seven of my photos from abandoned places printed out in 20 by 30s. And we're just going to like put them up all over the house. That's it's it's going to be sick. That's sick. Yeah, I I have a print store. I, I recently just like maybe last weekend put up maybe five photos from like my touring stuff because I'm trying to get like 
you know, contact the artist, which they're my friends. So it's easier, but like try and get their okay. I don't have a, um, what's it called? Like a release form yet, but I'm at least getting like their consent. Mm. But before that I had like a whole gallery of scenery stuff. So I'm trying to, but those aren't going at all. But the music stuff, the day, the hour I put it up, I got a sale. I was like, what the fuck? Like someone buy some scenery stuff. (laughs) <laughs> right i feel you you know who you should talk to about that is bryce hall because i mean he's done prints on his store of like uh motionless and white yeah. and i think in this moment as well and so i'm i'm sure he has some kind of ag- i mean i know he has an agreement with them but i don't know like if he gives them like a percentage or if he he just like gets their their permission and like get it gets it has it like written somewhere that he can like sell prints of them but yeah he'd be the guy to talk to about yeah. that and i actually need to talk to him about it as well because i have so like thousands of photos of bands from over the years that I would love to sell as prints, you know, and oh yeah, it's it's just one of those things where you got to make sure you get the the permission to do that before you just do it because I feel like a lot of people just try to get away with it and then they end up you know getting sued or with like you know legal trouble, which is never what we want. That that reminds me of um, I can't remember it might have been all Warp tours, but so I was on three of them, but there would always be like a vendor outside that would like travel with the tour, but in like a van and they would sell prints outside. And like, I feel like they were getting in trouble because like no one had like consent to print their photos and stuff like that and sell it. So I was like, oh geez, I I don't want to, I don't want to get sued. If I end up selling a bunch of prints, which would be awesome. I don't want to later have to pay that back if I didn't use like, you know, a photo that has consent. That would suck. So I'm just trying to be safe. So. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. And and I mean some people like will uh will ask you for like a percentage. Like for example, I went to Alaska to film content for a, a lifestyle oh, creator and awesome. it was the coolest it was the coolest trip ever. We were there for like five days. Uh so we started in in Fairbanks in this like cute little cabin and like went sn- snowboarding and we were on the we were chasing the northern lights, which is, you know, Ooh. a thing. Didn't get to see them because it was overcast, which is very typical when you're Uh, chasing. That's why they call it chasing the Northern Lights because you're always chasing (laughs) it. Um, So we started up there and then we took an 11 hour train ride across Alaska to Anchorage. And I didn't sit down for one second. I just had my camera out the whole time taking photos of everything. It was the coolest thing I've ever, I'd never been on like a cross country train kind of thing, or I guess cross state train like that. Um, but it was amazing. And, uh, we, we, when we got to Anchorage, we like went snowboarding and we went to this wildlife conservation and they had these bears there, like giant bears. And we were like up on this platform so we could like see them. And one of them was like chewing on like an elk spine, like a, some animal's spine. Right. And he goes to like. He like goes to break it in half and he just puts it around his foot and he like ri- like pops it and it like popped in half and I have this all filmed in like slow-mo and it was like what? the coolest thing I ever saw, you know? So I, I emailed them after the fact and I was like, hey, I've got some photos of your bears. I would love to sell them as prints. And they were like, oh, okay, yeah, we just request that you give us like 10% of your sales over the course of a year um, mm. to go back to the conservation center. And I was like, that's totally fair. So yeah. every year I'll like write them a check for like however much I, I sell. And, you know, I've only ever sold like stock footage of them. So mm-hmm. I, I, I give them like a percentage of the stock footage that I, that I sell, which is super cool. So there's definitely a way to do it. You know, you just gotta, you know, be smart about it and do it the right way. 
Yeah, that's it. So going off the stock footage real quick, I, on your, so you have your personal Instagram and then you have your, is it the no tracers? Uh, yeah. So on that one, it, said, it mentioned like you're, you do have a drone, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm a certified drone pilot. So, um, which ugh, I'm jealous. Ahead. Another thing I need to get. Um, but <laughs> yes. I feel like once I get like a grand to 1500 bucks, I just, it's not going towards that. It's going towards like podcast stuff. But anyways, um, with the drone stuff with the, are you doing stock footage for that too? Yeah. So anytime I travel somewhere, I typically take my drone with me. And the cool thing about having a license to fly and having that like certification is that you can get FAA clearance to fly in places that, you know, you couldn't fly normally. Um, okay. so like, for example, like I was just in Nashville, but I went to Nashville last month as well to work on music and I, I brought all my camera gear and cause we were filming the videos and I, whenever I travel, I try to make like to a big city, I try to make these POV photography videos. So I'll like walk around the city with my GoPro attached to my chest and I'll oh, cool. like take photos throughout the city of people or buildings or whatever I see and I'll pop the photo up on the screen and editing. And it's just like a calm, like, you know, 15 to 30 minute video, just walking around a city, just showing people what the city looks like. I've done uh, Seattle, Los Angeles, uh, Nashville now, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, because I grew up in the Middle East. So I, I went back there. My dad still lives over there. So I went back there and oh, as a really? photographer got to like capture Dubai, which was so Damn. sick. So yeah, so I... I I went to Nashville last month to uh, work on music, like I said, and I I have this app called Kitty Hawk, and with Kitty Hawk, you can just put in the like the GPS location that you want to fly in. So I was like a little bit outside of downtown Nashville, put in my location, uh, submitted for like immediate approval. Hmm. Usually, you have to submit like forty eight hours ahead of where <clears throat> you're trying to fly at, just so they can like get clearance or whatever. But sometimes they can automatically approve you depending on how high you're trying to fly. So I like put in my my height limit that I wanted to fly at and like all my information, my license number, and then uh, I got approved. So I was able to fly outside of downtown Nashville, like filming the city. Damn. And I'm able to sell that as stock footage, you know, like I can I can sell that kind of stuff. So anytime I travel somewhere, I always bring the drone with me and try to capture like the area I'm in. Uh, or if I'm exploring an abandoned place, I always like to get aerials of that place oh, yeah. because it, it's insane. You know, it's super cool to see an aerial view of an abandoned building, especially if it's like a hospital or an asylum or a yeah. prison, like whatever it is, you know. So, yeah, definitely recommend getting drone certified. There's a lot of drone pilot. I call them pilots, but they're not. If you're not certified, <laughs> I don't know if you're considered a pilot. But yeah, yeah, there's right. a lot of drone enthusiasts in the <laughs> industry, especially in live music yeah, oh, yeah. that have drones that fly over crowds, which is mm -hmm. extremely illegal because of liability issues. Yeah, and all of you guys listening to this that fly your drone over festivals, like you need to first of all get certified because if you don't, that's like a $5,000 fine. Like you do you really want to pay that fine mm -mm. or do you want to do this the right way and just be totally chilling? You know, there's a proper way to go about these things, especially when it comes to like federal laws. Like you don't want to be messing around with that no, kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, so how do you, what's the process? I, I mean, I've, what I'm, I've always been looking at, ever since DGI came out with, you know, all of these cool ass drones. I've been looking into getting one. I'll get one eventually, but mm -hmm. 
you know, maybe once or twice I've looked up like what it takes to get, you know, certified and whatnot. But I guess what does it take? Like, is it hard? I'm, like how much? Like, is it a pain in the ass or is it kind of just, I don't know. So it, it's kind of, it depends on your, um, your time, how much time you have to invest into it because, okay, so when I started studying, so, okay, basically you have to like learn how to fly a plane. Basically, it's a pilot's test, you know, so you have to learn how to take off at an airport. You have to learn how to read a weather map. You have to really? learn a uh, different airspace. And like there's a bunch of like pilot jargon that you have to learn that like you don't. Re it's kind of like your driver's test or like, you know, taking math in school. Like you're not really going to use that kind of stuff, but like you need to know it for like the government's purposes or mm -hmm. whatever. So um I took drone pilot ground school. That was, an, it's an online course. There's hundreds of online courses for like how to yeah. get your drone license. Uh, but I recommend drone pilot ground school. Um, so I took like five months to study. You could probably learn it in like a couple weeks, but I was like traveling and doing all kinds of projects and music and like all kinds of stuff while I was studying to get my, my drone certification. So go at your own pace. Um, and then once you're ready to take your test, you have to, you can go to like, um, I don't remember the website, but I think on Drone Pilot Ground School, it actually gives you recommendations for like places in your area where you can take the test. And it's usually at like a, a helicopter training school or like a, a plane pilot training school. You know, it's at one of those kind of okay. facilities. So I actually made like a video when I went to take my test and it was at a helicopter training school and they had like helicopters sitting on on top of the building and like you have to walk around them and it was so sick like just being That's that sick. close to like helicopters and it was just it was gnarly people were like training and doing their pilot's tests for helicopters and I was like well I got to take my drone test yeah, like, right a <laughs> uh, little little embarrassing I'm here to take a drone test but you know uh so yeah you go into the the exam room there's like um like a a computer like fill in the bubble kind of situation okay. like multiple choice and it's very very similar to like your car driver's test where they try to like trip you up on the answers like they're like similar answers and you're like great i don't know if it's 57 or 57.2 you know oh, what i mean yeah right but you need to know that shit <laughs> But you need to know like the exact answer. So I think I got, you need like an, a 70 to pass. I got like an 87 and I was like, oh, thank God. Like you find out immediately if you passed it. Okay. And the exam itself is like mine. was So the, the price varies, I think, depending on your area. Mine was $238 roughly. Um, so, I mean, you have to like invest in the, in the, uh, the course, which is going to be like 200 to $300. Mm -hmm. And then you have to invest into the actual exam, which is like between 200 and $300. And then you have to get your drone and all that stuff. So, I mean, by the time it's all said and done, you're like $2,500, $3,000 yeah. in the hole before you Shit. even start doing commercial work. So yeah. like, if you want to do this, you have to like be committed to doing it and like find those avenues to make money after the fact, after you get your license. So that that's the process of actually getting your certification. So I got my certification. They mailed me like a physical license that I keep in my wallet uh, that has like my name and my, my pilot license cool. number. Sick. It's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. Check like, out my I'm not going to lie. License, Literally like, <laughs> so, so, anytime you're flying and somebody comes up to you and they're like hey you can't like what are you doing flying a drone like in this random empty field you're like oh well i have a license for it here you go like 
go away. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of cool to be able to like flash your license and be like, oh, I'm certified. I got permission. We're good. You know, so. That's sick. How does the, so flying a drone as far as like, you know, when you do these and well, I want to talk about it more when you do your um, exploring like abandoned places and whatnot. Obviously mm -hmm. a lot of those, I mean, I've watched some of your videos and listened to one of your podcasts and, you know, I forget who I was listening to, but he got like him and his girlfriend like arrested and, and shit like that. I forget his name, what episode it was, but you know, there's alarms going off and people mm. shooting at people and whatnot. But like when you approach a place that is definitely maybe triggered with alarms or, you know, like you'll get slapped with trespassing if you're there. What if you're flying a drone? Is it the same concept? Like if you're flying a drone over a place that you definitely, you know, will get busted for trespassing. So I don't think I don't think it is the same as long as you're not on physically on the property, but there are places you can't fly over. Like, for example, you couldn't fly over an active prison because oh, well, that's, yeah. th that's illegal. But that I mean, sense. like for for like abandoned places, I don't think it would be considered trespass. I think they would just tell you to leave and maybe like delete your footage. But like a trick we always have is uh, when we're leaving an abandoned place, we take our memory cards out of our cameras mm. because... Smart. You know, that is a thing that people do. They are like, format your card. And you're like, oh, I, I can't find it. Or you just put in an empty memory card and oh, then yeah. fake format your footage. You know, like there's uh, definitely some secrets to the art of urban exploring that we've learned over the years of doing this. And yeah, my my podcast, No Tracers, uh, it's crazy the stories people have on there. Like Like you said, people shooting guns at people, like dogs chasing people, <laughs> like... That like meth heads like being creepy and abandoned like it's nuts. There's like some crazy shit that has gone on in that show that I'm so grateful that people are like willing to share their stories because like I I I'm obsessed with this stuff you know and it's like it's super cool to hear other people's tales of what they've gone through and why they do it because it's not a normal thing to go into an abandoned building especially as an adult. I feel like teenagers <laughs> like. Yeah. don't care as much but like as an adult there are consequences so it's like it takes a very special kind of crazy individual to do this stuff so. yeah just to for the listeners the well and for you so you know what i'm talking about i believe the episode i was listening to was arrest is inevitable urban explorer oh, yeah. saint john the baptist i think yes. that's yeah yes okay yeah i was listening to that at work because like before i did this podcast i I mean, I listened to your other one. The, was it Project Freelance? The Project one I was Freelance. On? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I've heard some of those episodes, but I was intrigued with this and I listened to that and so that stuff's awesome. So I'm going to definitely listen yeah, to more. Yeah, it's so sick. Oh, for sure. I, uh, there's an episode on there. I can't remember the name of it, but the guy's friend got impaled on a fence. Like his leg got like stuck oh. on the spike fence. And there's like, like I said, there's crazy things that happen in these places and you know, like if you believe in ghosts or whatever, there's some ghost stories in there which are pretty creepy. So definitely give No Tracers a listen. It's a, a very fun show. And I actually started that during during quarantine because I, you know, was running out of things to do and work yeah. was slow. So I was like, well, I'm, I might as well. I can't like go out exploring. So I might as well like talk to other explorers and get their stories. And, you know, it kind of uh, it, it inspired this new wave of podcasters, which is sick. So now there's uh, the No Tracers podcast, which is mine. And then the only other one I know of, oh, there's actually two, but I don't know the other one's name. But this guy, Greg Abandoned, who's like a pretty big explorer on Instagram, he just started a podcast as well called Chasing Bandos. 
And he does these like mini series. Like he did like a whole mini series with tour guides from Chernobyl, oh, uh, which is like a, a bucket list item for every ex- urban explorer is to yeah. go to Chernobyl. And that was actually the first place he explored ever. Like his first exploration was to Chernobyl, which is like <laughs> madness. So he does these like mini series on like, so he did one on Chernobyl. He did one on North Korean defectors, like people in North Korea that like got out and yeah. stuff. Like, oh, wow. So his podcast is super interesting, like the format. So yeah, definitely check out Chasing Bando's podcast as well. Another good recommendation. Going off of the thing that you said you started the the No Tracers podcast during the, the pandemic, uh, there was a lot of people that started podcasts, you know, during this because, well, nothing else to do. <laughs> I'm curious with, you know, things are opening up. You know, obviously you just came back from doing a convention. You know, things are... I mean, it depends on where you're living, but, you know, even California starting to open up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What do you do you think there's going to be like a fall off of podcasts or do you think it's going to stay the same? Uh, so I think I think there will be a fall, a little bit of a fall off uh, just because people are going back to work and going yeah. back to their quote unquote normal lives. I mean, you could say the same thing about. And so I make content on TikTok as well. And we've like the TikTok community, especially in the metal scene we've noticed a decline in viewership because people are going back to school, which is mostly our demographic, but now it's summer. And so summer break is starting. So it might go back up. Okay. We just, we don't really know what, what to do right now. Like we're all in this like limbo area as content creators, like what's going to happen next, you know? Right. So well, it'll be interesting over the next few months to, to figure out what to do. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you do so much. I mean, you have, the No Tracers podcast. You have the the uh, Project Freelance podcast. You do TikTok, YouTube. You have one YouTube or two? I have two YouTube channels. Two so YouTube I have, channels. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've I got mean, my vlog channel. I've got music. You have I've 17 got, bands. Dude, like. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I mean, you do all these covers, you know, like what's yeah. maybe like a, I would say a, what's your, your day look like, but. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure days might <laughs> Every- range, but like you're busy as all hell. Dude, the the cool thing about it is that I get to do something different every day. And that's why I am a freelancer. That's like the sole reason I'm a freelancer because like I've tried the nine to five thing. Like I was, I worked at uh, a restaurant doing those like annoying photos where the person walks up to your table and they're like, hey, you guys want some photos of your family eating pasta together? Like, mm. so that was like my first gig <laughs> when I lived in California, when I moved to California and I was like, yo, this shit's for the birds. Like I'm not about to like do this. So I, uh, yeah, I've done that. I was editing for a guy for like six weeks, which turned into 10 weeks. And I had to drive up to LA every day and it was like a huge commute and like yeah. sat in an office editing his videos for him all day, every day. And I was like, Oof. this is so brutal, like so boring. And like, I didn't care about the content cause he was like a, he was like a content creator that was like basically teaching dudes how to talk to women in a respectful way, which like I appreciate that he made that content, but like that's not the kind of stuff I want to yeah. sit and edit for days and days and days, you know? So I was like, yeah, I need to do something else. Like I need to be my own boss. And 
So yeah, freelancing is amazing. I, t- I get to do something different every day, work on a different project, work on music. And it's like, so a typical day for me is there's no such thing, you know, like I different. don't really have like a, like a routine, if you will. Uh, the only routine I have is like my home life with my fiance. Like we have like our morning routine, take the dogs out, you know, feed our 27 animals that we have in the house. We've got <laughs> tons of reptiles. So we've got so many animals to take care of, but you know, like other than that, like work life, like I don't have like a typical day. So like unless I'm on tour, then it's like a totally different thing. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So well, uh, you mentioned touring. Do you I mean, tours are coming back. You got anything kind of lined up? So I'm trying to line up a couple things as like a content creator. Uh, some friends of mine are going on tour with a bigger band. I don't want to like say band names right now because like I don't want to like you know, not get the gig and then be like, well, well yeah, <laughs> damn yeah, it. Yeah. I said it on, said it on a podcast and it's not <laughs> happening, but <laughs> I feel it, yeah. so, so my friends are going on tour with this like band that I grew up loving. Um, and so I hit up the headlining band and I was like, Hey, uh, I, I know you guys are going on tour with this other band. I would love to do double duty and do content for both of you guys because I've done that before. I can manage to do content for two bands. Oh yeah every every night on tour it's not that difficult um you just have to like you know not sleep very much it's it's fine it's fine it's tour tour life (laughs) used to it so uh yeah i'm trying to jump on a tour and then my band matriarchs we've actually got a couple shows booked uh we're playing rebel rock in florida in september with like slaves and volbeat and pod is the headliner oh shit um so yeah, that'll be sick. And then we get to go to all three days of Rebel Rock, which is gonna be sick. And I, I also have a photo pass for it, so I, I get to like shoot the show, oh. which is sick. Yeah. Um, which is another perk of like being a musician as well as a content creator is that I can do I can like make extra money while I'm on the road because I can work for the other bands, kind of thing. That is smart. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then next summer, so Matriarchs was supposed to go to Europe in like this June. Like we were supposed to be in Europe right now touring, but COVID like canceled everything and they pushed it all the next year. So next summer we have like a a European tour we're like booking right now. And I've never toured with a band of my own. So I'm actually really really excited to to do that. Yeah, I've only ever gone out as a content creator. I've, I've never toured as a musician before. So that'll be super cool. That is cool. Yeah, because I've, I mean, I know you've, well, just, we haven't really known each other for that long, to be honest. I mean, probably on each other's radar as far as just social media, mm-hmm. I don't know, for maybe a few years or something. I don't even think, we've probably been on like a work tour together, like once or twice, but. Yeah. I mean, I've always known you as, I mean, I've seen you do like guest vocals on stage on work tour and stuff like that, but like mm-hmm. predominantly I've known you as like a content creator. So for you doing all these tours as, you know, photographer, videographer, et cetera. Now you're going to be able to start doing touring with your own band. I think that's pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I have, I've, I'm in two projects right now, matriarchs and my, my baby, which is like my passion project chasing satellites, oh, yeah, that's um, right. which has been around since like 2016. Um, and that, so chasing satellites has always just been myself and like a writer producer, Um, I've never had like an actual lineup, which is why I've never played shows with chasing satellites, but I now have a manager for that project. And so we're going to get members obviously. Um, and, and we're talking to like labels right now to see if that's the direction we want to go, um, for potential like opportunities there. 
I have like all these goals for chasing satellites just because it's so like space themed and like I have two songs about Elon Musk because yeah. I'm obsessed with him because he's a genius and like I have this this goal to like play at a SpaceX rocket launch because NASA live streams the rocket launches. So like imagine chasing satellites uh, was seen by millions of people. Yeah, it would be super sick. So that's a big goal of mine. And I, a couple years ago, I got to go behind the scenes of NASA as a content creator. They like invited me out to really? like go see NASA. Yeah. So I spent like two days at NASA, um, which is like any photographer's dream to like go look at, rockets and like that kind of thing so yeah uh got to go to nasa i've got to do so many cool things as a content creator that like i'm so grateful that this is my job and i get to do this every day damn so obviously i know from seeing on social media and you just said as well you know love elon musk and mm -hmm. he's very into the was it simulation theory yeah what do you what's your thoughts on that i mean i I wouldn't put it past the the simulation right. creator right. <laughs> if, we're, if we're in a simulation, you know, like some of the things that happen in this world are like so coincidental that you're like, wait, was so this planned? Suspect. Like even even. Oh, my God, dude. Yesterday I made a post on the No Tracers Instagram, uh, just like a throwback. Like so me and uh, this guy, Ryan, we went out into the desert like uh, in 2018, I think, or 2019. I can't remember what year it was. It's been so long. Um, and we went out to these abandoned trains. It's like an abandoned Amtrak train, mm -hmm. just out in the desert, have to like hike to it. And it's like 115 degrees outside, you know, just boiling hot. So we're leaving the trains to go back home and it's super close to the Mexican border. So there's like border patrol sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we were like warned about that. And we were like, oh God, like Ryan's from Canada. We can't get caught by border patrol. Otherwise <laughs> we're fucked, you know? So yeah. we're like leaving and all of a sudden behind us, we hear, hey, hey. And we're like, oh shit. Oh no, no, no. It's border patrol. So we like pick up our pace and we're like, we gotta run. And the guy all of a sudden behind us, he's like, help, help. And I'm like, oh, oh, is this person like actually need help or like what's going on? So we turn around. Dude is like stumbling out of like the distance, like a mirage, just like, oh, you know, like overheated. So him and his buddy had been out there since like nine in the morning riding their dirt bikes just in the, in the desert, right? Yeah. And their dirt bikes overheated like five miles in. Ooh. So they had to walk back with their bikes and That's like- rough five miles in 115 degree weather their their water had fallen off a cliff off of the bike like earlier that day oh. so they had no water so he like made it like we like ran over to him and i gave him like what little water i had left because we had been out there for like four hours you know so gave him my water and uh he was like my friend's like a mile back like he he had to like lay down because he can't walk anymore he's like delir delirious and i was like oh my god okay so I sent Ryan back to like civilization, which we had no phone service where we were. Mm -hmm. So he had to walk like 15 minutes down the train tracks to a nudist colony of all places. Sweet, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> call, call the fire department. So he called the fire department. The fire department comes out. I find the other guy like he he's like laying next to a bush. And I was like, bro, like I have like no water, like, li like literally like a swig of water left. Like, please drink this. So he drank it. He got up. He was still in his like full motocross gear. And I was like, why? Oh. Why are you wearing all of this? Like boots? Like, oh, my God. I don't know how he did it. So 
we get back to the train and his buddy that we had first met is like butt ass naked in the train because he's trying to cool off, yeah. right? So we get to him and they the fire department showed up. They got some water and they like took Ryan and I ended up leaving and we were like, you guys are good. You're taken care of. Exchanged information um, and because they were like, we would love to like take you out for lunch as a way to say thank you, whatever. So they were cool. We took a picture together and I was like, damn, I wish I had vlogged this whole thing because this is crazy and no one's going to believe this happened. And they were like, <laughs> you should have. And I was oh. like, no, <laughs> God damn it. Like should have, would have, could have. But it was like one of those things where I was like, this is really intense. Like, I don't think I should film this right now kind of thing. Yeah. Just like, but like after the fact, I was like, damn, I should have filmed that. But so uh, I get, I post that yesterday, like the photo of them and like a couple photos of the train and that kind of thing. I get a text message from this guy that I made content for. He's a Navy pilot, right? He wanted like a lifestyle video. So I filmed this like video of him inside his helicopter, mm. super sick video. And uh, he texts me yesterday and he's like, yo, what's up? And I was like, oh, nothing. Just at this convention in Nashville. And he's <laughs> like, I just uh, liked that photo you posted on Instagram. I know those guys. What? <laughs> That's they funny. were get this they were rescue airmen they were rescue airmen and they needed rescuing that day That's like funny. what so it's just crazy he was like yeah brian and nick like i know those guys they were in my helicopter and i was like what the f like what is this world how is this world so freaking small it's nuts dude it is like weird. i'm i'm blown away every day by like coincidences like that yeah, all of that, like small world instances like that. And, you know, when you think about, oh, there was, oh, shoot, I, that reminds me, I have to finish wa finish watching it. There's a little documentary thing on Netflix. I think it's called A Glitch in the Matrix. Mm -hmm. You should check it out. It's really cool. Like, yeah. I, I think we only got like 20 minutes into it until like people came back to the house. And I was like, I actually really want to pay attention to this. I don't want to like get distracted. But I, I think yeah. you should check it out. It's pretty, pretty interesting. Is it a documentary? Like what kind of? Um, hold on. Let me. I have my computer. Netflix. Let's see here. But yeah, that, that whole. What's up? I'm writing it down. I want to watch see. it. Let's see. A glitch in the matrix. Oh, I spelled that wrong. Shit. It's it's somewhere I have to I can't find it right now. I don't want to. It's all good. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I can send you a link and when I've, I'll put links in the in the show notes and, and whatnot. But yeah, it's Perfect. really interesting. A lot of a lot of facts and, you know, a bunch of names like I actually have like a 14 page thing on my phone that this guy wrote about like, are we in a simulation? It's I haven't read it yet, Dope. but it's it's interesting to think about because I mean, with aliens and supernatural, you know, all the supernatural, like mm -hmm. we can't be the only people in this entire universe, but like the whole no. idea of like a greater power being like the controller of all of us. And, you know, almost like we're like ants in an ant farm and the owner yeah. is just keeping track of us. And what if one day the owner of the ant farm wants to get a magnifying glass and start just zapping fools <laughs> or burning it yeah. or just leave entirely and abandon mm -hmm. the, the you know the ant farm it's like one, I, I mean like what analogy, if he already did what if he what, already did leave the ant farm right and we're just on our own just killing each other out here 
Right. And then like aliens and whatnot are just the other yeah. owners of other ant farms. And they're like, nah, this ant farm is full of stupid people. Like, let's not mess with them. Yeah. There's also this theory that I have, and I'm sure it's like a widely known theory because I can't be the only one that thinks this. But like, I think that. OK, so like I'll give it to you like this. So we're trying to go to Mars, right? Mm-hmm. When we get to Mars, we're going to be the aliens. Yeah. Think about that. So, like, what if our ancestors came from another planet? Like, what if our ancestors were actually aliens? Trippy. Yeah. And we, like, like for example, because, like, Mars, like, they were, like, they could have lived on Mars. Like, what if they were on Mars and came here and now we're trying to go back? Like, it's just this, like, crazy concept that, like, you know, you never know what could happen. (laughs) Did you? I had to look it up real quick to make sure. But I saw maybe the other day there's a petition And I think right now I'm looking up on Google. It says there's 41 or more than 41,000 people have signed a petition to stop Jeff Bezos from returning to Earth after his (laughs) trip to. Have you seen that? No, but that's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, there's a a petition. That's hilarious. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. People really don't like that guy. No, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Nuts. World's crazy. One thing, hey, so I, and if you don't want to talk about it, I know you, you don't have to. I saw some of your YouTube stuff and you've talked about it before, but I, I really wanted to ask about your your top surgery. Yeah, dude, that okay? ask away. I'm just curious. I would love, I mean, yeah, of course. It's a course. huge thing. Sure, I'm just, sure. so, I mean, there is a YouTube video. I mean, obviously I want to direct people to watch that because, well, got to get them views, you know, but. Get those views. <laughs> I mean, how did that go? I mean, I remember seeing in the video, you know, you wanted to do this for, you know, a very long time, but mm. maybe kind of like reiterate, you know, yeah, sure. From start to now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I so when I hit puberty, I was super uncomfortable with like my chest. I just always have been. I was like, these boobs don't see. It. These boobs are made for walking. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they, they. I felt like they looked weird. I felt like they felt weird. Like I just like wasn't about it, you know. And I like I didn't know what to do about it. And when I was uh, seventeen or eighteen, I met my first trans person, um, and he didn't have top surgery at the time. He was, you know, uh, living as a female. Because uh, we were teenagers and we were also mm. in Dubai, so it wasn't like we could oh. like be even be like gay there, you know. So it was like it was kind of a difficult living in the Middle East as like a gay person, uh, just because we had to like sneak around and not we couldn't be our authentic selves for fear of getting arrested or deported or beaten up or shot or yeah. like, you know a whole slew of possibilities. Um, but so I met my first, uh, trans, like trans guy. So, uh, he told me that he wanted to get top surgery. I was like, oh, what's that? Like, I've never heard of that. And, uh, explained it to me. And I was like, oh my God, like, that's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I want. Like, I feel like that would make me feel so much better in my own skin. And I decided to wait like 10 years to get it. Because I was like, I want to make sure this is like a life changing thing. Like you're completely altering your body. Yeah. Um, and it's also, like I said in my video, there's a lot of reasons people get top surgery or double mastectomies, um, mm-hmm. which is like the medical term for it. Uh, you could do it for breast cancer prevention, or if you do have breast cancer, it's a way to like, you know, kind of like get rid of it in a way. Yeah. Um, and 
I was doing it for body dysphoria issues because I was so uncomfortable with my chest for so long. So um, let's see, last year I decided to like pull the trigger on it. I was like, I have enough money to do this now. Like I, I'm in a good place in my career where I can afford to do this without like needing to do a GoFundMe to ask people to help me with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was something like people ask me all the time, like, oh, why don't you do a GoFundMe to help with your medical bills? And I'm like, because I feel like this is something I needed to do for me that I I needed to fund myself. How much was it? Uh, if you don't mind me asking. So, yeah, yeah. So um, after everything was said and done, it's it's about an eight thousand dollar bill. Really? Um, yeah. Not, so I, mean, okay, I thought it was going to be like ten. I thought it was going to be like ten or twelve. Yeah. Eight thousand is eight thousand. But I mean, like when I think of that, I'm like, oh, that's that's going to be up there. But considering that's not that, I mean, it's not that bad. I don't have $8,000, but that's right. Well, yeah, okay. you know, I, I kind of got lucky. Uh, Dogecoin actually paid for like a quarter no of my surgery. Shit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, going back to it. So last yeah, yeah, yeah. year I, I started speaking with a gender therapist, uh, to kind of like get like the psychiatrist point of view. Um, so, we determined together that my best option was to get top surgery for my own comfort, right? So uh, they helped me find a surgeon, and I did everything through my my. I, I have insurance with a, a hospital called Kaiser, yeah, um, Kaiser Permanente. So it's like huge out in California; they're all over the place. But uh, so I did everything through Kaiser. So gender therapist through Kaiser, surgeon is actually a Kaiser surgeon, uh, which is super cool. Like it's cool to find surgeons in like big well-known hospitals that do things like top surgery for non-binary and trans people because like we're a very um overlooked part of the population i feel mm -hmm. uh so it's it can be hard to find doctors and surgeons and therapists that actually care but thankfully i live in california where it's very progressive in that way yeah. so um found a surgeon that wanted that was like willing you know and happy to do the surgery so met with him and then uh we we scheduled like consultations and figured out what kind of surgery to get because there's like two different kinds you can either get like uh what i got where they like so he basically cut around my nipple uh, I don't have nipples now. Like I, I, I opted out of that for like several reasons. I because mostly because I'm gonna get a giant torso tattoo, so yeah. you wouldn't see them anyway. Um, and like sometimes the nipple doesn't heal properly and it will fall off, or you yeah, know you things like that. That in the video, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh shit. Yeah, like sometimes your body can reject that. So I was just like, you know what? Screw it. Like I don't want to. Because I mean, I've that. seen you know through social media and whatnot, I've seen people posting about, you know, their their shirtless photo after they got in top shirt surgery and whatnot. I've noticed most of the time there is no nipple. And I've, I never asked because I was just like, huh, and then kept scrolling, you know, it wasn't too much. Yeah. Of, I was like, oh, that good for them. You know, they did something that they really, you know, either they needed it as far as, mm -hmm. you know, cancer or, or whatnot or right. in their situation, you know, I was like, oh, okay. They did their thing. That's awesome. You know, didn't ask about the nipples, but in your video on Instagram or sorry, on um, YouTube, you were talking about that. And I was like, no shit. Okay. So there's mm -hmm. like a, there's multiple reasons on why. So that's interesting. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, when, when we like scheduled the surgery, it was supposed to be in February and I'll actually like talk about this as well. So I used to smoke a lot of weed 
Um, before that, I was straight edge. Uh, but when I was like 21, I got introduced to weed when I lived in California. And uh, I was having like trouble with my appetite and things like that. And like body pains for like because I like overworked myself as a camera operator. So somebody was like, you should try weed. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. (laughs) But uh, after a few years, it started making me really paranoid. So I was like, I need to stop smoking weed. Like this isn't, this isn't helping with what I needed it for anymore. I'm just doing it to do it now. And, you know, and I like, don't like that. I don't like the thing that becomes a habit that isn't like necessarily good for you if it's not helping you. So Back in February, my surgeon told me 60 days before your surgery, you have to stop smoking weed or smoking anything because your lungs have to be healthy in order for you to heal properly. So I was like, okay, this is my opportunity to like stop smoking weed. So I quit smoking and then my surgery got postponed because of COVID restrictions, right? Ah. So I was like, well, I'll just not smoke weed until the surgery is over. Sorry, there's like an ambulance going by or a fire truck. (laughs) Just give me a second. It's going to come down the street. Here it comes. <laughs> a wambulance. Okay, there we go. All right. So uh, I was like, okay, I'll just like stop smoking weed for a while. Um, and then my surgery got scheduled for May 7th. Um, and I was like, cool. Super excited about it. My mom actually flew in for it. Like my mom was, she didn't really understand it until she saw a non-binary person with top surgery on a TV show. You know, and she called me. She was like, she was crying. She was like, I get it now. Like, I totally understand. I want to be there for your surgery. And I was like, oh, mom. Okay. So my mom flew in for my surgery. Uh, My fiance, my now fiance was there with me. And my best friend, Justin, who is also a photographer, was there uh, for my surgery. And it was kind of weird because of COVID restrictions. Nobody could actually go into the actual like pre-op or post-op area with me. I was by myself, which was like kind of trippy. But like all the all the nurses were super nice and super accommodating and like telling me stories about their lives. And like one of my nurses was like one of the first nurses in Dubai back in like the 80s. And I was like, this is crazy. I lived in Dubai. You lived in Dubai. Like, what the fuck? The world is so small. (laughs) Another like weird coincidence, you know? And yeah, uh, so I. I, I remember the surgeon coming in like drawing. So they take a Sharpie and like draw the lines where they're going to cut, you know? Okay. So he like drew everything. And then I remember like uh, laying down and they rolled me into the operating room. And this is always the weirdest part when you like, you're they're like, okay, so breathe deep 10 times. So I got to like my third breath and then all of a sudden I opened my eyes again and it was over. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the post-op area and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. It's such a trip. Like if you've, if you've never had surgery before, like I don't recommend it because like, you know, surgery is surgery, you know, it's a very serious thing. But like, if you ever do have surgery, like it's kind of trippy, like just going to sleep and then not remembering any of the, however long your surgery is and just like waking up after the fact. It's such a trip. Did they say how long it took or you you probably Yeah. So they estimated that it was going to take like two and a half to three hours. I was, I was out of there in like an hour and 15 minutes. So quick. What? No, Really? Yeah. So he was like, we didn't have any complications. There was like, it went super smoothly and you're all good to go. And I was like, what? Okay. All right. Wow. That's it was impressive. nuts, dude. Yeah. Super impressive. And like, 
a lot of people have these like really gnarly like scars from their top surgery. Mine are like super thin and small. And I was like, my surgeon killed it, y'all. Yeah. Like everybody go to my surgeon, please. Dr. Tuckler, like he is the man for sure. And and, and then you're getting a full body torso, you know, or, or a yeah. full torso tattoo. So yep, yep. that's going to be insanely sick. It's going to be so sick. And like, I, so I've already been to the beach without my shirt on and like, everyone's like, how does it feel? And I'm like, it feels like it should have been like this all along. Like so this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. I was, I was curious. Of, of course, you know, you, you did the top surgery because you know, it's what you wanted and you know, you'd feel you know more comfortable in your body doing that. Mm -hmm. But I was imagining like, of course it would, it's relieving, you know, I guess the first time probably at the beach taking your shirt off. Like, but was there any other feelings of like, whoa, this is weird. Like, of course like, it's well, weird, I, but like at not first, right Yeah, weird. yeah, kind of. But like at first I was like, am I going to make other people uncomfortable? But like nobody looked at me weird. Nobody like said anything weird. And like I feel like people just either assume I'm trans or assume I had a double mastectomy for like because and I hate to say it because like I had cancer or something like yeah. that. I feel like people are very understanding of like, especially in Cal Southern California where I'm at, like people are yeah. very understanding of like top surgery and double mastectomies and things like that. Now, if I was in like North Carolina, I feel like I would get some questions or like, why do you have your shirt off? Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's been very, it's been very cool. You know, it's been very cool and very relieving. And now that it's like hot and summer, like I'm just like chilling yeah. with my shirt off and like, I feel great. You know, That's I feel awesome. so happy and like, I love that I don't have nipples. I feel like I look cool as fuck <laughs> and I can't wait to get this torso tattoo. <laughs> yeah, are you, are you all healed up or? Yeah, so I'm I'm like six. Uh, this will be my seventh week post op. Um, so I have full range. Like I can like do whatever I want. I can go back to working out, which is awesome. I haven't been nice. able to work out in like seven weeks, and I'm just like itching <laughs> to like get back to that. Yeah. Um, so I I have no restrictions now. Um, fully fully like healed, quote unquote. Of course, my scars will like diminish over the next like year. Um. My surgeon said I could get my tattoo now, but I think I'm going to wait a little longer, like maybe like four or five months just because yeah. it's it's kind of painful to tattoo over scar tissue. I would imagine. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. And I want to find the right artist to do the tattoo because it is going to be such a intricate piece. Um, and I'm actually talking to Laniel, who used to play for Let Live. He used to play drums for Let Live. Now he's playing oh, drums cool. for Miguel. Uh, he, at, he and his wife actually own a tattoo shop here in San Diego. So they're they're helping me find an artist to do this this massive piece. So Wait, I'm super excited about that. Laniel is that La how you say oh, his name? Lanel. Lonnie. Lonnell. Yeah, I call him Lonnie. Yeah, yeah I call him Lonnie. He, so I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because cool. you said drummer for used to be the drummer for for Let Live. I was like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he used to be a drum tech for Tina. When I, I mean, I've been a you know me like touring with the Mice and Men since like 2010. Yeah. So like I I know him really well. That's okay. That's sick. Yeah, super sick. Like, what a cool guy. And now he's drumming for Miguel, oh, yeah. which is like, dude, so huge. huge. I mean, talk about like, like coming up, like freaking Skylar from Issues is playing yeah. with 21 Pilots I was now. just going <laughs> to literally, you mentioned that and I was going to say, well, how about Scott? You know, like, that's insane. Dude, yeah, I hit him really up. Cool. I was like, I was like, yo, Sky, like, this is such a sick opportunity for you. How did they, how did they get a hold? Like, what, how yeah. did this work? And he was like, oh, I was literally at Walmart and I got a cold call from them. And they were like, do you want to play bass for us? What? <laughs> that, uh, that's pretty funny. That's so random. Such a trip. It's such a trip. It's kind of interesting. I don't think a lot of people would understand or I guess 
believe that most of the jobs you can get I mean, it's just a random call out of nowhere. Like So true, dude. The first, like the biggest music video I've done so far was for Lacey Sturm, who used to be in Flyleaf. And now she does her oh, solo cool. thing, right? That's cool. So uh, I toured with Escape the Fate in New Year's Day in like 2015, 2016. And as a content creator. Yeah. And uh, they were doing the summer festival run as well as a tour. So they were like doing cities and then they jump on the festivals, right? And Lacey was just starting to debut her like new music and stuff, was working on an EP. And I love Lacey as like a metal screamer myself. Like I looked up to Lacey when I was a teenager, you know, Flyleaf was huge back then. Mm-hmm. And so I started photographing her sets and like interacting with her on these festival dates that she was playing with Escape the Fate. And then like two weeks before our tour ended, we were we were at a Benihana. We were eating <laughs> like, you know, amazing food. And I get a phone call from her manager. And I was like, hey, guys, I don't know what this is about. I got to step outside. So I go outside, answer the phone. And her manager, Dubs, was like, yo, uh, when's your tour end? I was like, oh, it ends in four days. He was like, okay, you want to fly out to Pittsburgh and film Lacey's first music video for her single Rot? And I was yep. like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. They were like, this is our budget. I was like, cool. Can we use like half of that budget to pay for new camera lenses? Because like I need new gear. And they were like, for sure. No worries. Just let us know what you want. We'll get it for you. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. So flew to Pittsburgh, filmed her video in an abandoned glass factory. Bro, what a cool spot. It was oh, so yeah. cool. We got kicked out at the end of the day by the cops, but like we got the video done. <laughs> That's so on brand for you. Music, video, <laughs> abandoned place. Dude. Call it a day. So crazy. It's so crazy. <laughs> and like I so I, I try to use abandoned places as the backdrops for like a lot of the music videos I do. I've done like four or five or six music videos in abandoned places now. And it's always so much fun to be like allowed to be in a band, been in places for that kind of stuff. Even mm-hmm. the ones we're not allowed to be in, it's just super cool. But, um, I, so now I'm shooting content for a shoe company, like advertisements for like Instagram and stuff. Oh, cool. They're called prowl shoes. Um, and they just hit me up and they were like, Hey, we want to do a Mad Max themed shoe, uh, out in the desert. <laughs> and in their email, in their email, they put a photo of those, that abandoned train that I was talking about earlier. No and way. I was like, Oh yeah. I was like, I've been there. Like, no problem. <laughs> we that's, got this. That's cool. Yeah. I see yeah. on your, on your uh, YouTube, you have, I watched, I think I watched the, it's like a 31 second little teaser thing. I didn't watch the full one. Oh, it's how to film an epic shoe ad. Yeah. I saw the, uh, oh, the yeah. shoe ad. That was really cool. Awesome. Yeah, it was it was sick, man. I like I love I love this kind of stuff. Like I love getting to talk about freelancing and music and like all I love doing podcasts. This is like my if I could do podcasts like Joe Rogan every day, like shit. That'd be sick. I know, right? Yeah. If it, if I was able to make my living off of it currently, I would that's all I would do. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, I got bills to pay and you know, feel that. Ads feel aren't that. really there yet, so. <laughs> yep. Are you I got you. Because I, I noticed, so you're more active on your No Tracers one, and I noticed on your Freelancer one, it's kind of, I think, like last month was your last episode. Are you taking a break or doing seasons, or what's your... Yeah, so I've I kind of broke it up into seasons, um, and I usually was like super consistent with it. I did like seven seasons in a row without taking a break, and then I was like, I don't know who to interview, so I'm <laughs> just gonna take a hiatus right now. So I kind of took like a hiatus for a couple months, and now I'm actually back into it. Found a bunch of guests. Oh, sick. Um, 
And now I'm asking like my guests, like, do you have anyone you would recommend for the podcast? Which is like a way of networking as well, you know? So they're like recommending their friends and their colleagues. So I have like a whole list of people to interview now, which is super rad. Um, So season eight will be coming out in August with some awesome creators, some awesome freelancers. Very excited about that. And I'm always looking for new guests on the podcast. So if anybody has recommendations, please hit me up and let me know. I would love to have your friends and people, people, you know, on the podcast. Yeah. And I definitely would love to do another one because I know we're, yeah, you know, I, I, I still have stuff to do today. I just moved to Idaho and um, basically right after this, we're taking out the uh, the master room bath or the, uh, the toilet. So, of course, I would oh, love yeah. to go much longer. I know you and I could probably talk for another hour or two, but because <laughs> sure. we, I mean, we didn't even scratch the surface on, you know, your no tracers, you know, abandoning mm. or exploring abandoned places. So maybe we'll do in the next like week, you know, a couple of weeks, we'll do another another one just talking about yeah. the no tracers and stuff, because I'm, I'm definitely interested in that as, you know, a photographer and videographer myself. Like I've never really done any of the abandoned places. Like, I think the mm. only place that was somewhat, I guess, abandoned was in Milwaukee, the rave, the, the pool under, you know, downstairs and whatnot. Jeffrey Dahmer oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I've, maybe let me uh, listen to more of your No Tracers podcast and I'll I'll listen to some of those stories and and then we can we can come back on on my podcast and, and talk more about that. Yeah, that'd be sick. I would love to um, definitely check out like the first nine episodes. Like okay. you don't have to listen to all of them, but like the first nine is like my story, like how I got into it. And oh, we can talk yeah. more about that. And like I, I talk about like tips and like gear that you should have and like all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, No Tracers. For, like, on yeah, every no on Spotify. Oh, well, I know it's on Apple Podcasts because that's where I listen yeah, to it. Yeah, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and on the Just the Letter K YouTube channel, I make like a, a video version with my guests' photos. So I'll oh, do cool. like a yeah. slideshow with the audio kind of thing. So yeah. Awesome. Sweet. Well, just because I uh, I have to go tear out a toilet here in a, you know, <laughs> sure. a, a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, we, we started from scratch on this house. So there's a lot of stuff we got to do. But of course, you know, I'd love to keep talking, but you know, we need a toilet. So got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, enjoy that. Yeah. Well, so you said, uh, your YouTube, just letter K, um, mm-hmm. just uh, shout out the, the rest of the stuff where you want people to come check you out. All right. For sure. So I'm sure that you will put like in the description, like of course. Well, the whole list. Cause there's so many, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we have the, just the letter K YouTube channel, which is like vlogs, travel stuff, uh, how to like tutorials for photography and some LGBT content. And then I have uh, the K, the Screamer official YouTube channel, which is where I put my covers and my music. That's also my TikTok handle uh, and my Twitch handle. I'm starting to do like more live streams, like live vocal uh, tracking on Twitch, which is fun. Um, And then, yeah. And then uh, my personal Instagram is just my name, K in Agonio. And then No Tracers is my photo video Instagram. And that's pretty much it. I'll probably just give you my beacons.ai link actually just gonna say because i have that open i might just link that in the notes because then they can go and look up everything that might be better than that's that's probably the best (laughs) a hectic list description (laughs) (laughs) well sick i mean i appreciate you uh i mean taking the time to talk to me especially after your travel hassle being tired Uh, of course so of course thank you for having me i it's always a pleasure to talk to you and we'll have to get you back on project freelance here in uh, yeah. the next couple of weeks man honestly let me know anytime I'm, I'm down for sure all right i'll talk to you soon okay all right sounds good take care 